What's up, everybody? Hey, everybody. How y'all doing out there? <laughs> yeah, welcome to the Our Voice Podcast. I'm Neil Voles. And I am Desmond Mead. Man, we're, I'm excited, Des. Man, tonight's going to be big. Yeah, it is, man. I see you got your, uh, your, your army hat on. You know, I think you' about to uh, do a little sparring tonight or something, huh? <laughs> man, it's gonna be a good conversation. Yeah, man. But listen, uh, welcome everybody back to our Voice Podcast. Uh, this is a podcast that is exclusively uh, made for people who have been justice impacted for returning citizens. Uh, this is a podcast where we can elevate our voice where no one else has to speak for us. No, nah, man, I love that. I love the text messages and the phone calls, people who are making this a regular thing and just kind of hanging out, man. We're, we're with you guys. Uh, we're looking forward to this conversation. we got a big guest. You probably saw it on social media, but uh, we're really excited about this conversation. Neil, you just want to jump right into uh, nah, it. Huh? Nah, man, you know me, Des. Oh, man, come on, man. It's the NFL. I mean, you know, I'm giving, giving, giving it away a little bit. Oh, uh, man, you, hey, I think you just, uh, you, you're a little jealous, man, you know, because I guess one thing that we can say for certain is that I guess did not graduate from the Ohio State University. I can tell you that much. Well, you're starting early, man. Oh, you're yeah. starting early. Definitely. We got, we got Seminole and, on. Okay, and, that's, why, that's why we got a great guest, man. Straight out of FLA, you know, <laughs> out the muck, I think. No, that's right, man. I've seen the stadium in Pahokee. That's right. That's right. So, listen, if y'all haven't gotten the clue by now or if you didn't see the advertisement, listen, tonight we are going to be joined by an amazing brother, an Anquan Bolden. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Anquan Bolden? The Anquan Bolden. I think just a couple weeks ago, he got named the top, the final 10 possible Hall of Fame for the NFL list. I think that's right, right? He made the list, man. That's no small feat. That's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? I was looking at at some football over the weekend, and it was uh, looking at some high school football, and it was talking about how out of all the the thousands upon thousands of high school uh, football players, only an extreme small percentage of them actually make it to college, right? And then out of the thousands of college players, only an extreme small percentage of them make it to the pros, right? And then out of all the players in the pros, only extreme small percentage make it to the NFL Hall of Fame. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so this is a, like an elite up on top of an elite, on top of an elite, on top of an elite group of people. And I guess... Made that list, man. Wow, man. And you think about all those people, man, playing high school football right now, thinking, oh, man, I'm going to make it to college, and I'm going to make it to the pros, yeah. and only a small, small group make it. But let me tell you, what makes it even more special? I mean, because a person could get accolades in their own profession, right? But when they use, you know, their work to actually do something good in the community, that's make it even more better, right? You talk about like a, a Jim Brown, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali, that's you know. Right, that's right. Uh, just people who are taking, or um, what's my man's name? O- Oscar, not Oscar, what's the, he's the actor. The uh, I want to say Robinson. Um, and then there was another, Harry Belafonte. Oh, that's right. right. You see it in, in yeah. like uh, music too, man. Yeah. John, John Legend. Legend yeah. I think about Bono from U2. Yeah. Somebody's like, man, I'm, I, I got a platform here. Yeah. I got to use it for something. So that's another elite, right? So when you made it to the top of your profession and then you were like an elite in, in like activism and all that. Anyway, listen, it's no need for us to be going <laughs> back and forth talking about this uh, gentleman. 
You know, Neil, I, matter of fact, I think I ought to give you the honors of really introducing our guests and bringing them on the show, man. Oh, man, thank you, Desmond. I am incredibly excited to introduce somebody who was Florida Player of the Year, somebody who won a national championship at FSU, somebody who won the Super Bowl with the Ravens, and somebody mm -hmm. who's doing incredible things. And I know he burnt a whole lot of defensive backs that came up out of Ohio State University. <laughs> I think I that's can tell right. you that. Man, but Ma Malcolm Jackson's going to help us out. He's from the Buckeyes, right? <laughs> so without further ado, man, I would love to introduce our guest tonight, uh, Anquan Bolden. Welcome to the show, Anquan. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Yo, what's up, Anquan? How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing, man? Man, listen, I love the background you got, man, with them jerseys, man. I think, you know, FRC, we're going to have to do that with all of the different T-shirts we done produced over the years. Yeah, put them up around here. That's <laughs> Well, that's definitely a testament yeah, to man, your journey, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah Anquan. I think the last time we saw you was just a couple months ago. We were in the muck. We were helping people with vaccines and food and uh, uh, getting people registered to vote. We had the bus, man. It's always good to hang out with you, and it's really good to see you today. What's going on? Not much, man. I, I just got to say, man, I really appreciate the work that you guys are doing, man. Like, I know, you know, you guys probably don't get the credit that you deserve, but the work that you are doing, man, it's it's – it's tremendous and it's much needed in the communities that we're in. So I just want to want to tell you guys, man, keep up the work that you're doing. Well, Anquan, thank you so much, man. But listen, I'll, it's about you tonight, man. Listen, could you, I mean, like what, you know, could you just talk a little bit about how you got started, you know, in your career, man? You know, uh, I know you want to shout out your school because uh, you, uh, you're a big supporter of your school. But just talk about them days in the muck, man, when you were the shorty growing up. Yeah, man, I, I, you know, that's home. That's all, that always will be home. You know, I'm from Pahokee, Florida, AKA the Muck, Muck City. Um, I love that place, man. It's, it's the reason that I am the person that I am today. Um, you know, growing up in the Muck, a lot of people say it was hard. Um, there's not a lot of opportunity there. Um, but it was, it was more like a family growing up. You know, everybody knows everybody. It's a small town, agricultural town. Um, it's a, it's a place where people work hard, man, um, and people take care of one another. So for me, growing up in the muck was a blessing. Um, you know, we had nothing handed to us. Everything that we that we got, we had to earn it, um, and, and that was a way of life for us. And it's still that way. Um, that's always been ingrained in us to 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 have a great work ethic. Um, nothing in life is free. Um, like I said, if, if you want anything in this life, you got to go out and, and you have to earn it. And, you know, that's something that I, that has always stuck with me and, and will continue to. Yeah, I remember I remember reading something a while back. I think it was around Edward James about he used to chase like rabbits or something like that. Did you do anything yeah. like that back in the days? <laughs> yeah, everybody did, man. It was it was a way of life, man. It was fun for us. Um, you know, if you're not from the muck, a lot of people look at it as, man, that's that's crazy or, you know, that's country or something like that. But. Man, it was it was definitely fun, um, you know, going out because a lot of people don't know, you know, 80 percent of the sugar cane that, that is produced in this country comes from the muck. Um, so we we produce a lot of sugar cane as well as a lot of other crops. But, you know, when they burned the sugar cane, you know, the rabbits would, would um, run out of the fires or whatever. And then we would chase the chase the rabbit. So it was it was all in fun. You ever caught one? 
Yeah, man, you catch a bunch of rabbits. Man. Really? I mean, it's a, it's yeah, it's an art, it's a technique to it. Um, I, I I wouldn't advise you to do it at your age right now. <laughs> you can, you can I know that's right. <laughs> you can hurt a lot of stuff. <laughs> but listen, my wife Sheena wouldn't appreciate me trying to go out there trying to catch a rabbit either. So <laughs> I feel you on that. But so let, yeah, let me ask you, Anquan. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about you. You know, at that age. Uh, in, in the community, uh, hanging at the muck. Was there like a moment where you just kind of knew, right? All of a sudden, you're on a football field, and that was that was that was your place. That was the all of a sudden kind of the, the the spot that you were kind of like, man, this is where where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, man, I've always felt that way. Um, you know, I I grew up playing against my older brother. My brother's three years older than me, so I used to play a lot with him and his friends. Um, so when I played with guys my age, um, it was it was easy. Um, not trying to brag or anything like that, but, you know, anytime you play against higher level competition and then you come back down, it's, you know, it's, it's a little, a lot easier. So for me growing up, you know, playing with my brother and his friends and, and for me, I didn't have, we never had pop Warner football when I was growing up. Um, we only played Sandlot football, um, in the muck at that point. Um, so my first time ever putting on shoulder pads or anything or helmet, was actually my seventh grade year, eighth grade year when I went out for uh, JV football. Um, so that was the first time I put on any kind of football gear. And it was so bad that I didn't even know the difference between thigh pads and knee pads. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I know a lot of guys come up and, you know, they play PAL or Pop One or whatever. But, you know, for us, it was just straight sandlot football until I got to high school. Wow. Well, later on in the show, Anquan, I know um... – we're gonna want to talk to you about the influence that your brother had in your in the work that even that you're doing right now, but you know I think recently we we you know legend passed you know uh, your coach uh, Bobby Bowden you know and you know I had the opportunity to meet him uh, a couple of times. As a matter of fact, the last time I met him, it was uh, when I was in law school and he came to speak at the law school and I was asking him about rights restoration. You know, this was like before. We even launched the ballot initiative, and and I knew he was a man of faith, and I asked him if he believed in second chances, and I told him what I was trying to do, and he was very encouraging. And so I'm wondering, you know, now, you know, he's passed, and but I know he's had a lot of influence in a lot of people's lives. I'm wondering, is there anything about your time with with Coach Bowden that really influences the the person who you are today, right now? Yeah, man, I, I just think, um, you know, Coach Bowen was just a great guy all around. Um, definitely loved his players. Um, definitely put them first. And, you know, one thing he used to always do, um, especially before before games, um, every Friday night, you know, we used to have to go to the hotels and get away from everything before the games on Saturday. And he used to always read scriptures um, from the Bible. And a lot of the scriptures was talking just about that, you know, second chances. And you talk... You know, you mentioned that he was a man of faith, but, you know, when you look at the, the Christian faith, that's exactly what it is. Um, second chances, um, because we, we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the grace of God. And it's only by his grace that he gives us another chance to get things right with him. So um, that, that definitely sticks out to me. Well, yeah, and I think about like relationships and, 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 and heard such great things about Coach Bowden. I know that you... Uh, you played uh, quarterback in high school, right? And then went to FSU and ended up 
being a receiver, but how, how those kind of conversations go with coach Bowden, that, I can't imagine those are the easiest conversations, right? You got to put it, put it out on the field. Uh, how, how, how did he handle that? How did you handle that at an early age? Kind of walking through those, those kind of decisions. That's a big change. Yeah. For me, um, like you said, I, I, I had played quarterback my entire high school career. I was a four year start at quarterback. Um, so, you know, I got recruited um, my senior year as, as a quarterback to play at different colleges and initially signed to Florida State as a quarterback. And, you know, the first week of camp, um, at that point, Chris Winkie was our starter. He was a, he was a junior um, my freshman year. Actually, a 26-year-old junior in college. Yeah. He was old little. Right, yeah, he was a little older. So um, Chris Winkie was the starter. We had Marcus Outson, who was a junior as well. Um, who was second team, and then they had me as the third-string quarterback. And for me, I had started all four years of high school, so I didn't know what it felt like to not be involved in in practice. Um, so, you know, I felt myself watching practice more than I was participating in. You know, as a third-string third quarterback, you're not getting that many reps. You know, you'll probably get, if 10 reps, the entire, the entire practice. So, you know, I wasn't used to that feel. So um, one day after practice, I went up to Coach Bowden's office, and I'm like, hey, coach, man, um, I know you recruited me as a quarterback, but, man, I feel myself, you know, not being involved in the practice, and I'm not used to this. Um, so I was like, man, I, I think I want to switch positions. So he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. He was like, have you talked to your parents about this? And I was like, nah, not nah, really. He was like, um, I think you may want to talk to your parents first. Um, but he was like, if you're serious about it, you know, um, I'm, I'm – I'm willing to let you change positions. And then he asked me, he was like, okay, if you, if you change positions, what, what position would you want to switch to? So I was like, man, I played safety in high school. So, you know, I don't mind going to free safety. I play free safety. So he was like, nah, nah, we can't do that. He was like, you know, you too good with the ball and in the ball in your hand. So if you're going to switch positions, you have to stay on the offensive side of the ball. So you can either go to receiver or running back. So I was like, man, you know, I'll go to receiver, and, you know, the rest is history. Wow. That's wild. Next thing you know, getting one step away from the Hall of Fame. No, that's <laughs> right. That's amazing, man. Yeah. That one decision, right, that's can kind of change the trajectory. You know, it's, it's the same thing that, you know, we experience even in our lives, you know. Uh, sometimes it ain't the right decision, <laughs> right? And, and, and it lands us in places <laughs> where we shouldn't be, yeah. right? Um, but, you know, it, it it is amazing how – decisions can really just shape you know your, your your future wow and so Anquan so let me I gotta ask you this and then we can move on to other things you know listen I mean the Florida State Seminoles have had a lot of great players come through there right in your opinion oh you're going right? there aren't you <laughs> Ooh. what no who was the most impactful player that you've ever played with Right when you were at Florida State, impactful player that I played with. Um, Other than yourself, now. I, I, yeah, I would have to say Peter Ward. I, I knew so. he was going to say Peter Ward. <laughs> wow. I, I thought so. In too. my time, yeah, Pete was Pete was really impactful. He's probably one of the best um, college wide receivers um, to ever touch the you know the, the gridiron. Um, you know, he was he was amazing player, and I would say. Uh, if he doesn't get suspended his his 
his senior year, I think he wins the Heisman Trophy. Wow. Wow. And then he, I, I know the only mistake I think he made was going to Ohio to play professional ball, you know? <laughs> that was, I think, you know, if he would have went anywhere else, you know, <laughs> he would probably be knocking on the Hall of Fame doors by now, See, too, as well. And right? Quandez is just still mad at that fantastic call that was in the 2002 National Championship between Ohio State and Miami, and he just won't let it go, Yeah, man. I'm not letting just, it go, man. Just won't let it go. You know, I, I believe in second chances, but <laughs> with this one exception, you know, I, I, can't, I cannot forgive him for that. So, Anquan, you know, you know, folks can probably tell you that we have – uh, a, a great relationship, man. Could you just share with our, our viewers, how did you first become aware of FRC? How did you first get involved with us? Man, um, I think I, I, I heard of you guys through, I think it was Angela that introduced us. or, um, But initially, I heard about the work that you guys were, were doing um, here in Florida. And for me, man, just just hearing the story, I wanted to be a part of it, but I also wanted to see um, what it was that you guys were doing, um, and that's how you know I ended up you know putting out fillers and getting in contact with you guys, and and that's usually me, um, you know the the organizations that I usually get involved it in, and get involved with. I like to see the work that they're doing. I mean, you know, somebody in my position is easy to you know write a check or, or do something like that. Um, and not do the dirty work. But for me, man, I like to get my hands dirty. Uh, again, I'm from Muck City. Um, we're, we're used to working. Um, so, you know, when I, when I got in contact with you guys and was able to see exactly what it was that you were doing, man, I, I fell in love with the organization, man. And, you know, I've been, been a, a part of it ever since. Yeah, and, and, and on top of that, you know, could you talk about even the work that you're doing in the Muck right now? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, so the work that I'm doing in the muck, man, is it's it's extensive. Um, you know, again, that's home. That's where my heart is, and everything. I mean, every opportunity that I get, you know, I'm in the muck. I'm doing work there, whether it's COVID testing, whether it's vaccines, whether it's you know um, voting, whether it's you know restoring voting rights, um, whether it's you know, food drives, whatever it is, man. Like, like I said, there's not a lot of resources in, in the in the Glades area. So, you know, anytime I come across resources that that the Glades area needs, um, you know, I'm I'm more than willing to bring it to the to the area to help the people in that in that space. I gotta say, and when I remember uh, we were on our bus tour right before uh, Amendment Four ultimately passed, it was uh, the, the Muck Bowl. And there were just thousands of people there, and man, you were the, you hanging out with you was like hanging out with the mayor. Man. He was the mayor. Yeah, he is the mayor. He is the mayor, man. It was it was so much fun, like handing out literature, and you know, people would look at me. I, you know, I kind of stood out a little bit, um, and uh, um, and then right away I could be like, hey, if you got any questions, just ask Anquan. You were standing right there, and man, they hug you. They, you know, and and your voice, man, has so much authenticity and credibility to be able to talk about what kind of change could happen if people simply got in the voting booth and, and, and decided to, to make a decision, you know, so. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, one, I'm thinking about that experience, and I think the one thing that stands out the most to me during those times that we were in the muck with you, Anquan, was actually the look in people's eyes when they saw you, right? 
man, you saw you saw hope, man. You know, in their eyes, you saw joy in their eyes, and you know, we know that the muck, you know, is 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 you know, it's a hard place. Like you said, it, it really is a hard place. Um, and 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 you know, there are folks that's really going through some things there. Uh, but it seems like whenever they see you, man, they forget all about the problems, right? And, and I mean, I probably some of them have flashbacks of when you was there playing ball in high school, and they got flashbacks of you playing in the pros and in college, and right. But I think they also they they know that they got somebody there um, that really care about them, and 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 haven't forgotten where where you come from, you know. And I think that's that's so important to just be able to inspire people. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you, man. I think um, anytime you give people hope, man, you give them something to live for. Um, and, and for me, it was never a situation where I wanted to make it and get away from the muck. Because like I said, I, I am the person I am today because of because of the muck, because of the people that live there, because of what they poured into me. Um, I wouldn't be who I am today without those people. So how could I, I finally make it and then turn my back on them? You know, I, I think that would be, you know, disingenuous on my part. So that's why every time I have the opportunity, man, I'm there. Um, you know, I'm a regular, uh, I'm not a celebrity when I go back home, you know, people can talk to me, they can touch me. I mean, I still have family there, a lot of friends, um, teachers that taught me, you know, coaches that coach me. Um, you know, like I said, it's home, man. So it's a great feeling to, to be able to go back home and, and feel that type of love because everybody can't do that. I know that's right. Oh, man, I, I'm telling you. I know you, that's right, Yeah, I, I got an wow. awkward, awkward story to share, right? So, uh, but it's, this, it it's this, But it is what you said. It's that power of love. And it, the Amendment 4 story is really, and to Des's credit, was was a movement of love and it was a movement mm -hmm. of people talking to people i remember standing in front of that bus you guys remember that song living my best life by lil duvall and, yeah. uh, and snoop dogg that thing is blare like it's beaten from our bus and the n-words in there right so yeah. i'm handing out literature you know i'm all of a sudden feel a little awkward um i'm not sure what i'm supposed to do in that moment i know some white people are like hey if i bought the album i can say it but that's not me i don't say that word you know so but people are just walking up to me right and, and i'm literally handing them literature and you were right behind me and quinn i'll never forget it and just the pivot from awkward moment on Neil's having to being and them seeing Anquan a family member like that's the way it it uh -huh. it's, it felt like all of a sudden I was like man like love and hope just kind of broke through that little zone of awkwardness that I was having in that moment man. <laughs> hey, we had Neil Anquan. We had Neil walking through the muck, man, in the hood. <laughs> and that one thing I got to say about him, man. Listen, he could be white. He could be conservative. I mean, I done put him on a bus. With a whole with with, with with a bus with, with black nationalists and stuff, and you know what he uh, he always he got his ace in the hole because you know I don't know if you know this Anquan, but Neil is a big Public Enemy fan, right? He know more really? Public Enemy songs than I do. He had I had to check my card, you know, <laughs> the way how he was flowing. But he's a huge Public Enemy fan and stuff. But you no, know, no matter what situation. That that I may put Neil in, man. He he, hey, he hang in there. He <laughs> he definitely hang in there. He hung in there that day in the muck, you know. But listen, um, the thing that you know I I want to go back to again was that you know you discovered us and and you you like what you saw, and I have to believe that 
part of it had to be that we had a little swag about us too as well, you know, with our gear and how we had the bus outfitted, you know, and we were just, you know, <laughs> operating in, in, in a way to where, you know, just because you have a felony conviction, that don't mean you have to walk around That's with right. your head down or anything like that. So we were a little swaggish, and so we didn't cr- we didn't cramp your style too much, you know, because we know you got a lot of swag. But you got on this thing, and you got on the train while we were still trying to pass Amendment 4, right? And um, right. as a matter of fact, I think our story ended up uh, being uh, uh, flashed on, uh, on the Super Bowl during the Super Bowl commercial. Right where we was uh, with the bus that actually made the Super Bowl commercial, and, and and so in some form or fashion, and then you were able to even get some of your other, um, uh, I would say, co-conspirators with the Players Coalition, uh, engage Malcolm, even Malcolm, you yeah. know, put on the Let My People Vote shirt and all that, and people like me and Neil was able to get our rights restored. Right now, you would think that that was it, right? But it wasn't, you know. Uh, uh, like when I got my rights restored, I was, you know, what I got was my voting rights restored, right? And there were other rights that I still did not have, right? The rest of my civil rights. And so, you know, that was still another journey. But we worked hard, man. And I'm going to tell you, man, we, you know, FRC, we did our thing and we got the governor and the cabinet to actually revise their policies, Anquan, to where now, you know, because, like, when I got my voting rights back, I still couldn't sit for the Florida bar because I, I didn't have enough civil rights. I didn't have my civil rights restored to where I could actually apply to Florida bar. And I couldn't own or even rent a house because a lot of subdivisions had, uh, like, bylaws that would prevent me from owning or even renting a home. So while I could vote, right, I was still blocked from doing other things and, and, and to block from being able to fully realize, right, uh, 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 um, what living in democracy is all about. But we were able to change that, and now there's a policy that says, basically, if you qualify for Amendment 4, that you would be fast-tracked, your, your civil rights would be restored like almost automatically, right? Uh, and I know they're right. still working on the process, but I say all that to say that your work not only restored, helped us restore voting rights to 1.4 million people, but what it did also was actually create a now a faster track for people like me, even beyond the 1.4 million, because we got about 6 million people who are justice impacted in this state. But it, it now clears a pathway for us, uh, so many people, to be able to get the rest of their civil rights back and to really pursue life, liberty, and happiness, man. And so I want to just thank you for that. Um, thank you for the support that you've given our organization uh, and how you've been steadfast. You know, you wasn't a fair weather friend, and, and you're still rocking with us even to this day. Yeah, and I got to say, man, you just got your civil rights restored yeah. oh, a yeah, couple did, days yeah. ago, man. So this is like 11 <laughs> so years you, in, the, in the making. Yeah, yeah and, and Anquan, yeah, I just uh-huh. like to echo what Desmond said, man. You, there's, you could be doing so much. And, and and the idea that you're like, man, I, my, my, my life has meaning because I can give back and I can, you know, yeah. I can help people who have been impacted by the criminal justice system. Man, we, we are fans and just and, appreciate everything that you do. And that's just why, man, I cannot wait uh, for the second half of this conversation where we can just dive in now, Anquan, to talk about how you're showing up in this social justice, criminal justice 
uh, a space, right? How you're being an ally, how you're pushing the the boundaries, right? And to create freedoms, more freedoms for people like me and even Neil. That's right. I can't <laughs> wait to, to pick up and talk about what's going on right here right so now. So are you are, are you are you ready to dive in in a little bit, Anquan? Yeah, let me uh this I'm move this and I'm gonna plug this in and I'll be ready. All right.